0: Please keep in mind that past performance is not indicative of future performance. Kate Campbell, welcome back to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. What are we
1: talking about? Oh, well, we're talking about something that we don't usually talk about. And I think it's something we should, given um, just the sheer amount of Uh, topics that we cover when it comes to investing but today I really wanted to talk about when should you not be investing and I mean we're definitely advocates of investing and getting started early but I thought it would be a good chance to step back and look at some of the reasons why someone wouldn't invest right now
0: yeah yeah makes sense um good old inversion Kate ask yourself the opposite question to get to the truth so normally we say um you know, what are some reasons why you would invest today? Well, let's invert it and say, why wouldn't you invest? And then let's see where you sit on the spectrum. So yeah, obviously we talk about all different types of investing. And I think that the five things that we've got today, the five reasons that you wouldn't invest apply to basically anything. So it's not necessarily shares, ETFs, emu eggs, gold, platinum, crypto, whatever you're doing, these five things can apply to any of those. So Kate, without further ado, what is reason number one why you shouldn't invest?
1: The first reason why you shouldn't be investing in anything, as Owen said, whatever it is, is because you've got a lot of debt. And by debt, I'm talking about you've got credit cards, you've got personal loans, you've got car loans, you've got uh, maybe a few buy now, pay later accounts um, sitting around. So this is one of the big reasons why you wouldn't want to invest because you you really want to focus on getting the past off your back first because it's really hard to move forward if you've got this, I don't know, if people visualise debt as some sort of ball and chain or an anchor, it's weighing you down and holding you back from moving forward financially. And it's really good um, to start to kind of get back to neutral. So figuring out a plan to pay off debt uh, and really get back to neutral before investing and moving forward. And as you've probably seen, credit card, interest rates are pretty astronomical like upwards of like we're getting to 20% on some cards depending on what it is and personal loans can be i don't know what you've seen recently like 6 to 8% on easy yeah easy yeah and that when it comes to investing like 8% would be a in a year would be a really good return and so if you're paying like 6 to 8% plus on personal loans and credit cards, that's going to hold you back from moving forwards because it just makes a lot more sense financially to get rid of that debt first before investing and moving forwards. Because getting a 20% return on something in a year is uh, pretty crazy returns, but you can actually uh, avoid paying 20% on that credit card debt by paying it off first.
0: Yeah. So a lot of our listeners will know when we've talked about debt before that when you pay interest on, um, on your debt, um, if you pay that off, you don't pay tax for saving money. So if you've got a 20%, you know, credit card charging you 20%, which is hideous, what if you paid that off? There's, it's not like you're making a financial gain. That's the way the tax office would see it. So you're not going to pay tax for paying it off. If you've got $5,000, pay it off. Um, whereas if you made $5,000 profit on an investment, you would pay tax on that. So, depending on what your tax rate is, let's say it's 30%, not only are you saving on tax by paying off a debt rather than trying to invest, you're also not paying as much tax. So, you know, we compare, like you say, if you've got an 8% return from your investment portfolio and an 8% debt, they're not, even that is not equivalent because Mm. you're paying tax on the 8% you get from your portfolio. And you're saving, you're not paying tax on the 8% that you save by paying off your debt. So it makes a heap more sense to pay back your debt first. And that is not sexy. Like when you talk to people like, I want to buy shares. I want to invest now. Absolutely you do. We're not saying totally like this is a rule that you should never invest. Like maybe you can put $500 into an investment account so you can start to feel what it's like or or Mm. use raise or or spaceship or any of those things that allow you to invest a small amount to get a feel for it. I think that's really, really important too. Like not everyone wants to wait two or three years to pay off their loan, Um, which I get, all right? I get the rational person says paid off first, but Mm. sometimes you do want to experience that. So go ahead and do that. But Kate, reason number two is actually really interesting. uh, Before we get to actually, we did talk about a lot of this stuff in our money money and budgeting course, which is the free course on RASC education. Um, And then- You made a good point. In the show notes for this episode, we do have the financial counseling episode. We actually had a Rask Invest member write in the other day to say that they can they're no longer investing because they can't afford it because of COVID lockdowns and and what have you. Um, And so, um, you know, we refunded all of their money, but then we also suggested that they go and check out our financial counseling episode that we did with Nick. It's free to see a financial counselor, and they will go and go into bat for you and help you Mm. consolidate debts, pick up the right debts, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. They're an,
1: they're an amazing resource and not enough Mm -hmm. people know about them. And they, the one like we've met quite a few financial counselors now, and they're all amazing people that will, they know all the strategies for negotiating um, with the bank when it comes to consolidating your credit cards or putting all your, Mm -hmm. like putting a plan into place for paying off your debts. So they are a great free resource in Australia that you can use They're not biased, they're independent. So I'd highly encourage if you are paying off consumer debt right now, give them a call. They have an online chat feature as well now. So just get in contact and see what they can do to help you because you just don't know. They may have a strategy you haven't thought of before. Yep,
0: go and check it out. So number one is you've got debt coming at your ears. We're not talking about mortgages and all that sort of stuff. That's a different type of debt. We're talking about those high interest, nasty debts. So reason number two, Kate, is you don't yet have your emergency fund. We talked about this as one of our first 11 episodes. The 11 episodes that we did first are the most important episodes we've ever recorded. And they take you through exactly what an emergency fund is and why it's so important. Kate, maybe just quickly, what is this fund? I think you've got a cheeky, cheeky name for it.
1: Yeah. Well, I didn't come up with this name, but it's sort of fondly known as an F-off fund. So you can really just tell anybody, any job, any situation to F-off because you have this three to six months of living expenses or whatever makes you comfortable set aside in a specific savings account that you don't touch unless it's an emergency. It's like those um, things on the bus where you break in case of emergency. So you can jump out the bus Window. Um, yeah, that probably was too bad of an analogy there. But um, yeah, it's just, it's just something that you've got for peace of mind that you can deal with whatever life throws at you. Because once you're investing, we really want you to think about investing as a really long-term activity, like five, 10, 20, 30 years. And so you don't want to be forced to sell at a moment where you don't want to because an emergency has happened. Um, Of course, you you can if you need that extra cash, but having that emergency set aside means that you can invest um, quite differently because you can maybe take a little bit more risk because you know that you've got money put aside and you're not going to have to pull out of your investments um, at a bad moment. And it also helps with that sleep at night factor. I mean, personally, once I saved up my emergency fund a few years ago, I felt really comfortable knowing that hey, I've got this cash there that if anything happens, I can pull out of that. And so now I can invest quite differently knowing that my um, emergency fund's taken care of.
0: How much, how much would you have to save before, you wanted, before you'd feel comfortable investing?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if people want like three to six months of basic living expenses, it doesn't have to be like including holidays and luxuries, but um, maybe for you that's $6,000, $10,000. If you're a couple and a family with a lot more expenses that some people would save upwards of $10,000. So, or if you're at home and, or you're a student, maybe $3,000 is enough for you. So it's just getting comfortable with What's going to make you feel more confident when it comes to investing? What's going to make sure that if anything happens, you can buy a flight. Not that we're really flying anywhere right now, but you can you can pay for anything that a vet bill that comes up that you haven't um, been warned about. If if, yeah, just anything that comes up when it's an emergency, you've got enough cash. So you have to just work out. And it comes back to like understanding your values of what is enough for you, what's going to make you feel comfortable.
0: And that's it. So you said during COVID that COVID gave you an opportunity to reset your mind on how important the emergency fund is. I think maybe an analogy of the emergency fund, since you brought out that smashing the window thing on the bus (laughs) to get out of trouble. Um, I I, I took my sister to a, um, like a indoor play center not long ago, where they had like a giant foam pit that you could jump into and you could like practice like a flip, bounce off a trampoline and do that sort of stuff. I would never ever in my wildest dreams, try and Attempt to do a backflip, but if I know I'm landing, if I I know I've got the foam there to catch me, I'll go and do the flip. Uh, I'll take the risk, and so investing is very similar. You you have that kind of safety net below you, Mm -hmm. and that will catch you if you fall. Now, if you don't do that, you take the risk of, if you don't have this emergency fund underneath, you take the risk that you get investing wrong. You have to sell at the worst possible time, like during COVID last year, you freak out and then you just annihilate your savings. Because oftentimes, if you do sell at that moment, that's the worst possible time to sell. So Mm -hmm. that's reason number two, you don't have an emergency fund. Number three is really interesting. And hopefully people that listen to this podcast, even if this is your first or your 120th (laughs) Uh, episode that you've listened to. This is a really interesting one. So you don't understand the basics of investing. If you do not understand the basics, the very basics of investing, you probably shouldn't be investing, right? Mm,
1: Absolutely. And I think, I mean, even as someone like you, that's been investing for over a decade, you're still learning new things every day. So when I, we talk about this idea, we're not talking about like all the complexities of investing and all the new information coming out. We're talking about some of those core concepts that once you learn and understand and can put into practice, um, they stay with you for the rest of your life. And that's that's things like spending less than you earn, investing in high quality companies and exchange traded funds and focusing on having a long-term investment horizon, understanding that the market is volatile and risky and you're going to have to deal with the ups and downs and it's, it's a roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and thinking about your own investment approach and your philosophy and how you want to do it. And uh, I think it's really important to think about some of those basics before diving in because like a lot of people started investing for the very first time last year and they may have just dove in straight away. And that's awesome. But maybe now's the time to step back and go, hey, I want to learn some of the basics. And whether that's listening to different podcasts or taking our free ETF and share investing courses, reading books, there's so many book, great books out mm. there on investing nowadays. And just most of them repeat similar messages. Once you read a few investing books, you'll say, hey, I that advice is very similar to that advice. And most Most of the basic principles are the same and have been the same forever. Um, And especially with behavior and emotions and because we're all just humans involved in this marketplace. So, um, yeah, understanding some of the basics and that will stay with you for the rest of your life. And then if you want to get into the more complex and nitty gritty, then that's kind of like an ever evolving process.
0: Yeah. So the first 11 episodes of this podcast series are fantastic. You can listen every week, obviously. We'd love you to. But then the other thing is we have all of our free courses. So just go and check those out. That's pretty much when we get messages come through to support at RASC, we basically say, have you done the course? Because it's free and it's totally awesome. So go and check that out. Um, Yeah, there's a belief that some people can invest their way out of a savings mistake. So they think that they can just invest better and then they don't need to save money. Um, No, no, it's like um, that's not the way it works. So you can save your way out of an investing mistake, but you can't, it's very hard to invest your way out of a savings mistake. So if you've got really bad financial habits, um, you know, personal financial habits, it's very hard for you to invest with a very long-term mindset, uh, which is needed to invest in the stock market. And so just in terms of the stock market is volatile and risky, you can expect it to crash. So a 20% fall or more um, at least I would say every five to seven years. So if you prepare for that mentally, financially, emotionally, all those t- types of things, spiritually, spiritually, um, you'll have your your spirits crushed probably at that time. Just prepare yourself for that. Be ready for it. And investing's not until the next market crash, it's for life. So keep that in mind when you when you set about your investing journey. Okay, reason number four. This is the fourth reason you wouldn't invest right now. And it is you're playing with fire, and that's a lowercase fire, F-I-R-E, not the uppercase, which Everyone knows Kate for her uppercase fire. What are we talking about here?
1: Yeah, so in, in this example, I wanted to talk more about people that are thinking about investing but have a very short time frame, either because they just want to make a million gains. dollars overnight. Yes, they're, they're jumping gains. on a trend, lockdown gains. Um, but I think it's really coming back to if you are thinking about investing do you need this money in the near future? And I'm talking anything up to two years time. And we get a lot of questions about why can't I invest my house deposit? <laughs> and mm-hmm. if you want to buy that house in the next year or two, I think most people would tell you, put it in a high interest savings account and don't risk investing that money with such a short time frame. So yeah, house deposit, um, maybe you're saving up 10 years for a house deposit and that's probably a different discussion. Um, Mm. but yeah, house deposit, if you're saving for a holiday, if you need the money for education expenses coming up, that is the time when I would say investing is probably a bit too risky for you right now because that money, if you need it in the next few months or the next year or so that should be in a savings account, that's a short term financial goal and you shouldn't be investing that way. Mm.
0: Totally. Totally. Um, Basically, the longer you have to invest, the better your outcomes are going to be. The problem is, our little monkey brains get in the way of us doing that. So, when things go bad, we tend to sell. And when things go well, we tend to put more in and then sell it when it hits the bottom. In fact, that it's like that. We have the chart on our website, which comes from Behavior Gap, which is um, greed by fear sell. And you them at exactly the wrong times you are greedy at the top of the market fearful at the bottom of the market and the idea is repeat until broke so you don't want to play with fire as you say you want to make sure that you're giving yourself the maximum amount of time to compound so if you're saving for a house you want to save start saving three years in advance that's probably my advice because that gives you plenty of time to be diligent with your saving start to do the right thing Um, Not really freak out and get FOMO, not settle for some crap house or apartment that's not, it's like going to, you know, all sorts of nonsense we hear about those, or buy off the plan, get one of those packages. Like, don't do that stuff. They can work. They can work. They're not all bad, but just try and be sensible and and give yourself time because otherwise you're going to end up making mistakes. So, same applies to investing. It's a three to five to 10 year pursuit. I would even say for the rest of your life. Okay. Mm that was number four. Now we have got number five, Kate. This is the the grand finale. Drum roll, please. What's reason number five that you wouldn't invest your money?
1: So the fifth reason is that you haven't done the work and you're not prepared to accept your mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I think if you've been listening to us on the podcast for a while, you probably have heard us say that don't invest in anything you don't understand. And if not, this is your reminder of that. And I think it's really important that you do your research, whatever financial product, whether it's buying a property, uh, investing in superannuation, you do your research, you read the product disclosure statement, you get used to some of the things like fees and historical performance and who's holding the money. Is it in your name? Is it in a custodian account? Just understanding some of those basics. It's really important to know that so if anything ever does hit the fan you know uh some of those basic ideas behind where your money is invested and if you're investing in companies this is even more important that you have you've done your research isn't it owen yes it is and the sleep at night factor is probably the big one here Mm. if you
0: you know if you get a tip from a mate at barbecue or you're like oh i heard about this thing called ethereum which is a type of cryptocurrency um you're like, I hear it's going to be the big thing. And you go and buy it. Yeah, sure. Things might go well for a while. But then if things go bad, you won't know what's going on and why. And that will cause you to lose sleep. Mm. So the easiest way to make sure you get sleep is to do the work in advance. So to understand what you're investing in before you invest in it, not during it, not after, but before you've invested into it. And so you just have to have a reasonable understanding. We're not saying... You know, you have to do a spreadsheet analysis that goes for 50 tabs. You know, that's not what we're talking about. You can go to the website if it's a share, learn about the business, what they do, get the latest on your report, read the top of that. We've got a full shares month that we did a little while ago, which was super popular, which we, which we loved. Um, and the final thing is mistakes. Hmm. This is a really interesting one, Kate, that you bring this up because so many of the professionals in our industry Especially if you go on social media or whatever, they get so emotional about the things that they invest in. It's like, it's like it's it's honestly like a tribal battle on Twitter sometimes. Like you have, Mm. even on Instagram, it was a lovely platform where you share wonderful photos and all that jazz. But people get really like fired up about it. They're like, Apple is so much better than Microsoft. And I don't care what you say. It's like, and then the next minute they're agreeing on something else. But it's like, you know what? At the end of the day, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you think. It only matters what the investment is and if you're comfortable investing in it. And yeah. sometimes you're going to get it wrong and the other person is going to be right. That's their victory. It doesn't matter. If you make mistakes, that's just investing. You know, if it was, if there wasn't any risk that you would be wrong, we would call it saving. So um, it's it's investing for a reason. There are risks. You will be wrong eventually. Um, the more humility you have, the better you'll be off. So yeah.
1: And, and just yeah. being prepared to learn from and embrace your mistakes We've all of us, every single person we've ever interviewed has made mistakes in the past, but it's, it's whether you can, you can deal with them, you can embrace them and you can learn and take something away from them. I think that's a real sort of test of your skill over the long term because it's going to happen. And can you accept it? If, if you're just going to look for someone to blame every time you make a mistake, when it comes to investing, you're probably not going to get very far. And I, I really think people do need to take some, I mean, obviously there's like fraudulent stuff and that's probably another whole, um, kettle of fish, but you do need to take some sort of personal responsibility for financial decisions you make and really any decision you make. And, um, if you're not ready to take responsibility for getting something wrong and, and it happens, then maybe it's not the right time for you to invest yet.
0: Yeah. I, I kind of live my life, Kate, Um, I don't sweat things like I don't really worry about things I think is this thing going to affect me in five years so there's that old saying you know people underestimate what they can achieve in five years but overestimate what they can do in one and so like like a good example would be like the other day we just had our walls painted and I had the ladder out and I smacked the ladder into the wall and it chipped all the paint the brand new paint off the wall I'm like oh no I was like I don't really care that much because in five years, I'm not going to even remember this moment. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to move on and I'm just going to own it. Yeah, I'll fix it. No worries. Moving on. And I don't even sweat that stuff. Mm -hmm. When it comes to investing, it's a really important skill set to remember that what you should be trying to do every time you invest is minimize your future regret. Morgan House will talked about this in the podcast. He says, you know, I invest in index funds and that type of thing. Not because, you know, I, I could try and pick individual stocks and do all that. But index funds are boring. They're easy. And in five years from today, you know, I'm going to be happy that I just, I got Mm. index returns and that's minimizing my regret. Sure. I could be, I don't want to be, I could be a stock picker, but I don't want to be. So I'm just going to go with that. And that's going to minimize my regret. Kate, we've focused on the negative here with five things, but you've actually got five things just to summarize, to make sure that you're ready to invest. And a lot of people that listen to this, we actually had a, a thousand people join our ETF membership in August. I think it was, I think it was thousand and one people joined the service. Um, nearly so st- broke the internet. Nearly broke the internet. That's what they. That's what the headlines say. Um, which is fantastic. But a lot of them are really new investors and investing for the first time. And they some of them jumped into our Facebook communities. Share that as well. Um, every time you make your first investment, it's really scary. Everyone goes through it. I'd say it's the hardest investment you'll ever make. Is the first one. So Kate, what are the five things, now reflecting on this episode, the five quick things that everyone can do to make sure that they are prepared,
1: even if they don't feel like it, what are they? Okay, the first one is if you do have any personal debts, making a plan to pay off these debts you have, and that might take a couple of years, but you can learn more about investing in the meantime. So you can actually use this time as an opportunity to educate and sort of level up your money skills. The next one is if you don't have an emergency fund, set a goal. So work out whether it's $3,000 or $10,000 and work out a goal, maybe a six or 12 month savings plan that you move money when you get paid each month into a savings account. So you've got that safety net to catch you. So not invested, just in a savings account. Yep. Yep. Got it. Then learn about the basics of investing. And you can do that by listening to podcasts like ours, taking our free shares and ETFs course. We'll link to them in the show notes as well. But that's a really good way to start understanding the foundations. Because once you once you put the foundations into place, it's a lot easier to uh, build the rest of the house. Yep. Um. Then make sure you're investing with a long-term uh, horizon, and you're not thinking, "Hey, I'm going to invest uh, in something. Hopefully, it's going to go up next month because I want that money for a holiday."
0: Yep. And that's why we we you and I constantly I guess harp on about ETFs is it's a really easy way to start because Mm -hmm. you can just invest for five or 10 years and know that it's just going to keep doing the same thing. Whereas if you come straight out of the gates blazing and you're trying to pick this little tiny African mining company that might not be a success, um, you, you might make money. You might, probably unlikely, but you might make money in the next one to two years. But what about in 10 years? Which one are you gonna? Which one is going to bring you the most wealth over ten years? And it's
1: probably the boring thing that you should start with. Um, What about the the last one? Yeah, sometimes boring is actually a lot of the time in investing. Boring is better. Uh, And the final one is do all the necessary research to understand whatever product or company you're investing in. If you've listened to some of our superannuation episodes recently, you'll know that reading the product disclosure statement isn't that fun, but it's a really important thing to do. So you actually understand where your money is and the rules around it. Uh, And you can read product disclosure statements, financial services guide. Most products have some sort of documents. If it's a company, they might have an annual report. So just anything that you can invest in has some sort of documentation or it should. Um, So you can have a read of that to really understand the product you're investing in.
0: Totally. Yep. It'll help you sleep at night and get excited by it. One of the things, one of our mantras is just to be optimistic. Mm. You know, a lot of the financial media is negative. We're trying to tell you that investing is good. It's scary, but it's good. And so get excited about the companies that you're investing in. Get excited about the ETF. Tell people, talk to your partner about it. Mm. But always the easiest way to know, just like we've done in this episode, we inverted the question, why shouldn't you invest? The easiest way to know if you're comfortable investing in something is to say, what are the key risks? So to invert your thinking. So if you're investing in some African mining company, can you tell us the three risks that apply to that African mining company? If you're investing in an ETF, what could go wrong? You had the the decision-making episode, which was fantastic for this. So um, a great list, make a plan, pay off those debts set a goal and save up your emergency fund, learn the basics of investing, make sure you're only investing for the long-term because that's investing. Short-term would be more like trading, which is something that we don't necessarily endorse. And the fifth one was do the necessary research to understand what you're investing in. And of course, you can learn about all this stuff by taking a free course on RASC education, which we'll put in the show notes. We're almost at 10,000 almost exciting oh my gosh we're almost at ten thousand students how amazing it's just yeah awesome so if you, have, if you haven't enrolled in a course or you've got a family member that wants to learn jump on in there and uh take one of the courses i'm sure there'll be more courses coming soon <laughs> wink wink okay a few, few more secret courses in the works a few more courses in the works and they'll be free so always free so <laughs> we jump love in there. free here we love free we love free education Um, It's funny because if we had a price on them, more people would probably take them. Um, Just the way human psychology works and especially Western society, the way we value things that have a price tag. But um, always, Kate, a pleasure. So thanks for joining me on this episode. Thanks for listening.
1: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast, where our mission is to improve the financial futures of all Australians.
0: to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.